Okay, we are officially back. Welcome to Positive Occult Practice with me, Lucifer. Yes, I took too long off, and I know that, and shame on me. Infernal blessings to all of you. I have just went through um, about a month and a half of just kind of like sitting back, thinking about what's going on with the podcast What's going on with my life, what's going on with um, my practice and expanding my practice and expanding the brand, to be honest with you. So we're really, there's a lot of great things coming up uh, with not just with the podcast, but with a line of things that is going to be coming out that is um, I'm really excited for. Uh, a new line of something coming from me and from my podcast. And it's going to be an exciting, um, really exciting uh, trip. So I'm really, you know, this is something I've always wanted to do is do a podcast. And now I'm going to expand the brand. I do want to do t-shirts. I do want to do these things. But as the, the podcast grows and as... The brand grows and, and you know this is what we're gonna do like i've always said listen i'm not into this completely to make money um i have my own business i am successful and it has nothing to do with witchcraft or anything else far from it uh but i've always wanted to do this to share my practice and share and and try to become um a positive um pillar in our community, um, in the, in the sense of the dark magic side, as well as the light side. Right. But I think that it needs to be a little bit more representative in a, I guess, a, a more, isn't that weird? A positive dark side, I guess you would say that not, not everything that is portrayed on TV, not everything that is portrayed on in books, uh, on websites, on YouTube, as the black magic or dark side of magic is always so dark. And, you know, and I, and I think that this is, we're doing, I'm doing, I think we're doing a good job uh, of doing this, trying to bring some, you know, light into the dark, meaning and sense. And I don't mean light into the dark, I mean uh, the eyes being opened that it's not a horror movie and that these things are necessary so i am I, you know i want to tell you so bad about what we're going to be doing um but anyways a couple of sponsors i want to give a shout out to my sponsor modern druid um out there if you ever go to modern druid in nyack if you're ever in new york if you're ever in rockland county uh you can also buy stuff online uh, through modern through moderndruid.com they have a men's line which I try to put my uh, two cents in and uh, and they have great uh, just a variety of books uh, oils and just everything check out the website modern druid that's one of our sponsors and ah uh, God, shout out to everybody. And I, next week, no, not next week. I believe it's March 18th and March 19th in Poughkeepsie is the 
Moon Serpent. I always get this fucked up. Moon Serpent Bone Festival or Night Market on a Friday, I believe. I don't. And, and the thing is, I'm not. Unfortunately, I'm not going to make it. Um, so I have prior engagements that I have to do, and I'm not going to make it. So you won't see me sneaking around there. And the thing is, there's no more masks. So you would have been able to point me out real quick. But I am going to try and make as many as I can possible. I enjoy that uh, night market. It's it's a lot of fun. But sponsor your local witches and, and and your pagans and you know fellow brothers and sisters out there. So today uh, we're going to be talking about you know a few different things. And uh, I hope you really enjoy the show. It's it's nice to get back on here, and I hope that you know a lot of people are listening. And and if if you're not, listen. Don't be selfish. Share me with other people. Okay, you know if you know any other witches, hey, tell them there's this. He's a pretty cool dude. His name is Lucifer, and he has a great podcast. You know, and and it's fun. So we got some things to talk about today. So enjoy the show. I'm so glad to be with you guys. We are going to talk about a book that I've been reading and that I've read. And I think it's a really interesting book because we have, um, if you are obviously into witchcraft and you're listening to this, we have a lot of history with, um, I guess you would say the, the, I guess you would say, I don't know how to say that word, but a time for years since when the church started taking over, um, you know, the masses, you know, and, and kind of trying to eliminate, uh, pagan rituals and the church, uh, got their hands on witches, male and female. And that's another thing that's really important that during these times, it wasn't just female, it was male too. And some of them were called warlocks and some of them were called sorcerers and some were called just pagans. And over the years, um, and that the church would gather, gather these people and some of them were not witches. Some of them were just regular people, um, and I guess you would say that when people want to rat each other out, if that's a term uh, used for this, you know, maybe they didn't like somebody and said, hey, listen, I don't like that person. So I'm going to say they're a witch. And usually when somebody fucking says some shit like that, um, yeah, you probably are going to be questioned and uh, you're going to be tortured and uh, you're going to have to say you're a witch at some point and then they're just going to burn you. So it's almost like you never had a choice. It was very hard to beat those accusations. But I started reading this this amazing book on um, actually I got it at uh online and it's called The Black Book of it's actually Isabel Godey who was a Scottish Scottish witch. Let's try and say that quick. Um that was actually during in 1662 was brought up on trial now the 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 amazing thing about this is that the scots actually you know when they were 
finding witches and anybody that does these magical uh, anybody who's accused of being one they actually put them on trial and they actually kept very well written records uh almost pretty much verbatim and stamped stamped and sealed by you know people that worked in the ju judicial system where in other parts of the british isle um they did not keep as well records for some reason the scottish kept amazing records and i'm going to be sharing a couple of these amazing things with you and and then you can read the book yourself because i think i think it's it's a part of you know i guess you would say folk witchcraft which i love and i'm i really when i started studying witchcraft that's something that really drew me because i and I'm not going to say there's an original witchcraft, right? Because nobody can say we're original, right? I mean, it's, it's uh, witchcraft is a constantly expanding uh, practice because it, it is a form of science in a way, right? You have to, it's, it's a, it's trial and error for spells. It's trial and error for what works for you and what works for sometimes doesn't work for other people, you know? And, uh, but it's, it's really an amazing book because it breaks down actual confessions now when you read the book there's going to be times when you're going what the fuck is going on here and you're also going to be reading seeing that at the end of the book there really nobody really knew what happened to her at the end uh yeah she might have just decided to kill everybody and then who knows <laughs> or she might have got away or but they never really say what happens to her but the chances are she probably was burned at the stake or whatever they did in Scotland at that time. Um, but there is an actual notary public that actually, um, you know, transcribed all these things during court. And it's an actual confession of question and answer. And it's something you really have to, because it's, it's an amazing, and she actually puts spells out there and that they actually write them down um, because <clears throat> they wanted to, to, to have this information and uh, it's kind of funny because, you know, when you get information like this and you put it out into public, uh, people like me are going to read them. <laughs> and we're going to try and, like, you know, use the spells or change the spells and see if they work. But also to be in awe of something that was transcribed in 1662. And I don't know if there was ever a golden years of witches but this probably was I mean a time when a lot of the church and people were fighting against um, the church and pagans fighting against the church and pagans fighting against um, and, and witch, witches trying to hide their craft so uh, it's 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 an amazing so I'm going to just give you um, a, a couple like excerpts I guess is that correct of the book so I'm going to read a couple of them to you so um, so I, the one part of this is that it says and it's an actual writing it says so it so he so they ask her okay this is really cool though how did you meet the devil because the devil and I hate to break it down to you people and people hate hearing this but the witch father is the devil and is Lucifer. 
And there's going to be a lot of people, no, 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 no. You know, what if we're witches that are, you know, different type of witches, right? And like different practices. And they're, they're going to be in denial. Okay, but uh, we're not talking, you don't have to necessarily say it's the devil of the Bible. It is a certain archetype. And yes, there is the witch father and there is the witch mother. And if you, you know it's hard to hear. But if you do your studies and you understand, and I'm not going to go as in much into that, uh, you'll understand why and what it really is about, right? It's, it's about facing a fear and about being a little ignorant of what it is or, or not wanting to face it. And I know a lot of people from their Christian background are like, you know, I don't want to be a Christian anymore. I want to be a witch. And then when the name the devil comes out, uh, or Lucifer or Satan, then it's like, I, they get squirmy, but you have to do your studies and understand what they are. And if you go back to some of my uh, podcasts, you can understand that. I mean, I, and you know, I give the best explanation, I guess. So here it says, uh, in, in, in part of the trial and it says, I'm going to just read this part because it's really, really, uh, interesting shows how really formal it is. Of course. Uh, John Innes, notary public, and the above-named witnesses, all the under-ascribed, the said Isabel Guodi, uh, appearing penitent for her heinous sins of witchcraft, and that she has been overlong in that service without any compulsion, proceeded in her confessions in the following manner to wit. Okay, so this is an official document that was uh, kept of the actual confession. Now, some people say that Isobel, it's I-S-O-B-E-L, could have been actually having, um, taking plants that have hallucinations. There are some people that say that she could have had epilepsy. Uh, and then there's some people that said that she was just crazy. But don't most people think that? If you're a witch, think you're crazy? <laughs> that there's something wrong? I mean, I know if, you know, if somebody knows... If you just say I'm a witch, they're not going to, especially if a man says he's a witch. Okay, he's completely nuts. So let's go on. How did you meet the devil? As I was going between the farmsteads of Drumdewin, hope I pronounced that right, and the heads, I met the devil, and there made a sort of covenant with him. I promised to meet him during the night here in the Kirk, which is the church of Alderan, which I did. Then they ask, what happened? The first thing I did that night was deny my baptism. Then I put one of the hands of the crown on my head and the other on the sole of my foot and renounced all between my two hands to the devil. He was in the reader's desk with a black book in his hand. Margaret Brody from Alderan held me up to the devil to be baptized by him. And he marked me in the soldier shoulder and sucked out my blood from the mark and spat it into his hand. And sprinkling it on my head said, I baptize thee, Janet, in my own name. Holy shit. <laughs> okay, now. Do we want to believe this? We don't know. Right? I mean, these are things, you know, some people get marked in other ways. Some people... Um, not everybody is going to get marked the same way. Not everybody is going to meet their uh, power they work with in different ways. So 
you know, I respect what she's saying. Of course, you're going to have, is she drunk? <laughs> is she making this shit up? I don't know. My thing is this. If you're going to be in front of a, of a court, right? And they're going to ask you these things. There's going to be probably about 70% of people that are witches are going to deny their witchhood. Or deny that they do paganism. Or they do, if their life is on the line, right? This woman is like, this is what happened. And I don't care. Now, she should have been, she could have been like, doesn't matter what I say, I'm done. So I'm just going to make up a bunch of shit. But if you read the book, a lot of it does coincide with a lot of things. So it is very interesting. Because there's going to be some people that be like, I ain't a, I'm not a fucking witch because I don't want to be hung or burned. Here, she's standing up for what she believes in, which is really amazing. And let's go on. I'm going to read like little you know, parts of the book because I just thought it was really good. Um... And it says, and then, so the court asks, and then, after a while we left. And then they ask, where did you meet, next meet the devil? The next time I met him was in New Words of Inshak. I guess it's an old castle um, where her husband lived. And what happened at that meeting? He had sex with me. How did the devil appear to you? He was big, dark, hairy man, very cold. I found his cum as cold within me as spring well water. Sometimes he had boots. Sometimes his shoes were feet, but his feet were always forked and cloven. Sometimes he would be with us as a deer or a roe. Tell us about some things you did in his name. Okay, so let's, let's go back to this shit. <laughs> he had sex with her. Okay. Now, this is what I'm saying, like... These, you have to read this book. If into witchcraft, you're going back on history and going, this is an amazing, and this is why it, this, it intrigued me so much. It's because you don't see a lot of written stuff down that are stuff that is coming directly from a witch at this time. And this is really amazing. Like I said, who would admit to this shit unless it really happened? You were crazy. You're on shrooms. But she's willing to say exactly what happened, no matter what happens to her. So my thing is either she's crazy or it's real. <sighs> and he's big, dark, hairy man. Well, the, the devil in any type of energy form can come in any form. And maybe this is the form she brought it in. Okay. And maybe she, what she manifested in front of her. Tell us about the things you did in his name. Okay, so um, we're going to go into a little bit of this. Uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, John Taylor and his wife, Janet Broadhead from Bellinkeith, Keith, Douglas, and myself all met in the chart, churchyard in Naren and raised an unchristened child from its grave, and at the end of the Breadfields cornfield, just the opposite of Milne of Naren, of course I don't know any of these places, we took the child and the clippings from our finger and toenails and wee drops of sorts of grain and some kale leaves and hacked them up into little pieces and mixed them together. We put a part of it in 
among the dung heaps of Bredley's land. That way we took away the fruit of the corn and all, and we shared it amongst the two of our covens. When we steal corn at the Lamas, we take only about two sheaves when the corn is ripe, and only two stalks of kale, or the thereabouts, and that gives us the fruit of the cornfield or kale yard where they grew, and it might be well kept until Yule or Easter, and then divided among us. How many people were there? There were thirteen. The last of our coven met when we were and another coven were dancing in the Earl Seed Hills. The time before we met between Monus and Bughole, before that we met behind, I'm going to pronounce bullshit this name, uh, Mickleyburn, and the other, co other coven was in Downey Hills, so we went over to join them and met at the other houses. Then, after a while, we all went home. Uh, now, I'm going back, right? We took a shot, the child, and the clippings from our finger and toenails. And we drops all grains and some kale leaves and hack them up in little pieces. Um, so I don't know what they did with the shot. Because <laughs> if you listen to that and you read that and you're like, okay, well, what did you do with the unborn child? Okay, um, it says they hacked them up and put into little pieces. I don't think it meant the child. They meant the actual leaves and grain. These are things that you should read because, it, like I said, it's an amazing book. What you will see in, in this book, which I find fascinating, is that there is, because of the influence of the church, there is a lot of, in this book, there's a lot of, like, I would say spells and prayers. And some of the spells and prayers are a mixture of actual Christian prayers and song, which is kind of interesting because, you know, you wouldn't think that these things would be integrated into um, magical spells. Not to say that they are Christian uh, witches, because they're not. Um, but there is and has been always like this mixture like in like hoodoo and voodoo and um, Santeria and many uh, other religions, we have this mixture of Christianity with uh, witchcraft. And I don't know exactly where that comes from because I, I, I like to do the studies myself on that because it's something, you know, like one of the things, that, now, and then when you're talking about the baptism, right? So part of um, many folk magic and many and, and certain witch witchcraft practices is that to deny your baptism and denounce your baptism and some do um, also will say the our father in reverse backwards to release the um, the 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 actual agreement I guess you would say with the Christian God. Um, that That is how it's reversed, usually in, in witchcraft. But not, you don't always have to do that. Um, uh, I will say that I have, okay, a long time ago. And uh, did it change my um, practice as I 
you know, I was already practicing and I decided to do that. No, but it was a way of me releasing my um, upbringing as a Catholic uh, to maybe about like I, if you listen to my story before, I'm you know I started entering these spiritual realms at a young age, but I was still um, a Catholic, uh, raised Catholic, and I practiced until maybe I was like seventeen, eighteen. You know, when I, when I practicing, my mom took me to church, like, because she was very into church. And it, it was a way, it was refreshing to kind of denounce that um, belief system. And uh, so I think a lot of people that were and do do that. And it's, it's more for the feeling of not having that, uh, I guess, commitment to something and also to rebel and say, no, I'm not committed to you. I'm committed to this, to my new system and my new way of thinking and belief system of freedom, I would say. And uh, so, you know, that's about the baptism. Now, to have the devil bite John and neck and spit his blood out, mm, I don't know if uh, you would do that unless he came to see you. But uh, me, like many other witches will do a I mean we use blood as a blood pact right so when if I do any type of spell I use my own blood to you know I guess you would say confirm the pact right anyways okay I'm going off on a tangent a little bit um but you know in in this in this book it's kind of funny because she kind of like dry snitches as they would call them in the streets right they dry snitch she gives away names of like yeah this person was with me you know maybe not knowing that um <laughs> you know that you know hey i'm giving all these people away and you know this is what's up you know uh, i think i don't think she knew that um let's see there's i mean i mean i kind of like highlighted a few things um Oh, okay. Yeah, this was always also interesting. Okay, so they uh, they ask, "What else would you? What else will you confess?" They asked her. Right? Um, she said she was. I was in Downey Hills, and I was dying there with the Queen of the Fairy. More food than I could eat. The Queen of the Fairy is finely clothed in white linens and brown and white clothes. The King of the Fairy is a fine-looking man, well built and broad-faced, and there was. Elf bulls rollicking and rostering up and down, and they scared me. When we take away any cow's milk, we pull hairs from the tail and twine it and plait it the wrong way in the devil's name. And then we draw this handmade tether between the cow's hind feet and out to its forefeet in the devil's name. And that way we take the cow's milk with us and we take the sheep's milk too. The way to take or give back milk again is to cut that tether. When we take away the strength from anyone's ale and give it to someone else, we take a little drop from each barrel and stand of ale and put it in the jug with the devil's name. And in his name, with our own hands, we mix it into the other person's ale. And this gives her all the strength and body and goodness of her neighbor's ale. To prevent us getting the ale, it should be well blessed. Then we have no power over it. From where do you get this power? We get all of this power from the devil. 
when we ask him for it, we call to him our Lord. And what else can you do with this power? So there she is, you know, talking about pulling hairs from the tail. And which is a very, it was a very common thing because you got to remember back then, um, we have such a different way of doing things, obviously now. Not all of us live in farms. Not all of us live on in these places where we can just pull hairs off of uh, a pig or, um, you know, horse or anything. And it was more earthy, I would say, in which I like to get back to. And I've been studying The Devil's Plants. Uh, it's a book. And... Uh, trying to in integrate more things into my practice like that where i'm using actual plants more than just herbs and stuff and we're going to get into that in the future but to go back this is kind of like showing like back then really how they practiced right and there was this this whole thing with the king fairy and the king queen fairy well many people that have been different views on that um and his, historically, and what how I've studied, it is uh, the witch father and the, the witch mother, which is Queen Alphame, if I pronounce that, everybody pronounces it differently, and um, the devil. And uh, so these, you know, she sat down and had dinner with them. These are um, accounts, and I'm, of course, obviously... Um, I'm not going to go over everything because it's a book, but I think it's something that if you're really interested in folk and then they have, I mean, it just goes on and on about these confessions and the, it's really deep. And there's some of it, you're just going to, you would read it and you're just going to go, what the, what the hell is going on? Is this woman crazy? No, I'm going to, I'm going to honestly think, and honestly, I know from how I feel my energy and toward this book yes she was real and yes she really did do this nobody's going to confess to something like that unless you're either utterly crazy like i said or you really are and you have full confidence that whatever happens to you um is, is what's meant to be and if she made these packs with the witch father witch mother to speak openly like this and probably knowing that it's going to be written down, probably knowing that these things will be passed on uh, in the future to hopefully other witches to, to, you know, to spread knowledge. Now, not saying you're going to have to go and have a sex with the devil. Okay, we, we don't know these things. Maybe she did. Maybe she did have a pact with Lucifer or a demon or uh, an energy source, you know, however you want to express that but it is it is an amazing book so it's called again the black book of isobel i don't want to pronounce her name wrong guaudi and uh they have spells interesting things like i said they are mixed in with all this type of christianity but if you really i really think that going back to folk magic is a really good base and i've said that before in my other podcast that it's an excellent base to go back to the original, I guess, and I don't want to say original, right? I would say pre-modern witchcraft. I don't even know if that's a word, but I think it's an excellent way to go back into roots 
right? Go to roots, um, especially something like this that is really said by somebody back then. And some people say, well, old things doesn't mean that it's better than the new things. No, not necessarily. But to get your history of witchcraft and history of these powerful women like Isabel Quaudy, I think is an important thing that you have to know your ancestors, know your history, understand what these women and men had to go through that suffered through these things that were more willing to say, yes, this is what happened where there's a lot of people that unfortunately were murdered because they were witches supposedly and couldn't even, couldn't even explain anything. What do you want me to tell you? Make up shit. This, if you read this book, you're going to see that she was very open about shit. And that's what I love about it because it's a woman who's actually standing up for herself and going, yes, this is what I did. And this is who I met. And you can't deny that from me. And if you think I'm a witch, I am. And those are things that very hard to do, especially if you're in the broom closet. Right? So this book is something to inspire you, I think, not just for your history, but also to know, to stand up for what you believe in, what you practice and what you do. That's why I love this book. I don't always want to talk about books, but this that's what it is. So interviews coming up. Um, pass on this lovely book. Um, you can get it, I think, on Kindle or I think Amazon also Unlimited. And um, I can't remember who actually did the... Well, there's not really... I can't remember the company that did it. But um, And it's basically sitting right in front of me. I'm not going to go through it, though. You guys are adults. <laughs> okay. So check that book out. It's going to really inspire you. It did for me, you know, and you may want to use some things out of it and maybe involve it in your own practice. And it's a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun for me to read, to be honest with you. I mean, just to see this woman must have just been at balls of, you know, not that balls, <laughs> just at guts, you know, guts. She had just, she probably put a protection spell around her and was like, I don't give a shit. <laughs> Anyways, I love you guys. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. It was nothing big, but I always I always tell people I only bring what I can bring and share things with you, things that I enjoy. So hopefully you can enjoy them. But we are going to have some interviews coming up. Uh, I am having Morgana from Modern Druid coming on and co-host with me um, next uh, next couple of weeks. Also a couple more uh, interviews. So love you guys. Infernal blessings. Have sex with Satan if he comes to you. Maybe he will uh, give you something special. You know, if he's brown and hairy and cold, I don't know. But maybe. Don't listen to the surrender kids ever. <laughs> All right. Good night. Good day. Love you. <laughs>